everybody. Welcome in. Happy Friday. Oh, right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Coming to you from Golden One Center where there's Kings basketball tonight. And this could be fun. Charlotte Hornets, the team that's kind of the NBA league pass must watch. Everybody's talking about the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball, fast pace, number one offense, up and down, Dunk City. They got all that going on. But you also got a fun Sacramento Kings basketball team. Should be a fun night of Friday night hoops coming your way right here on Sports 1140 KHK. Also should be a good weekend. Lots of action to get you caught up on. Uh, we're going to do that throughout the show. Coming up on the show today, we're going to get more on this Charlotte team. We'll learn about them with Sam Farber, who is their play-by-play voice, the radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets will join us. Uh, he's scheduled to join us at 445. At 5 o'clock, the great Joe Davidson. Tonight's another night of high school football, and it's not only just another night. It's the start of the playoffs. This is the best time of year for high school football. College football is not uh, far from the playoffs. The NFL is right in the middle of the season. But high school playoffs are going on tonight in our region, and uh, we'll get the most important matchups, the games Joe's looking forward to uh, when he joins us. Uh, that'll be coming up at 5 o'clock, and we'll wrap things up with a crossover from the morning show. But today, since it's a Friday, we'll get into the NFL games of the weekend. It got started last night with Thursday Night Football. Actually, by the end, a little bit of a better game than maybe that we anticipated, but still a win for the Colts. We'll get into the games this weekend, the important game, really, for both the 49ers and for the Raiders. Raiders don't want to step back because they're in first, but they've had an emotional week, and the Niners um, really could gain some momentum. Real momentum if they can beat Arizona this week. So we'll get into those games, certainly tonight's Kings games, and uh, so much more. Even a check-in on what's going on with the Linear Championship, the game that keeps on giving. Uh, We'll do all that uh, today on the show. But let's start you out as we always do with First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. All right, it is the Kings and the Charlotte Hornets tonight, but the Kings coming in with a win, their first road win of the season, with some good highlights last game. Drive inside, Alex Lynn forces Devontae Graham into a bad shot. In transition, Fox in the paint, no look pass to Alex Lynn for a two-hand flush baseline right. It's 14 unanswered. Kings fans reveling at Golden 1 Center with a 15-point lead. 106 to 91, another timeout taken by the Pelicans. What a sequence with a couple of just brilliant plays for the Kings. Yeah, it took a while to get going, right? The Kings were in a battle with New Orleans. New Orleans had the three ball falling in the first half that kept them close in the game, and the Kings just couldn't shake them. You had the moment in the latter part of the third quarter, about five minutes to go, where Rashawn Holmes got a technical through his headband into the stands, as we mentioned yesterday, fined $15,000. That's an immediate ejection. So he was gone, and at the moment the Kings led, and a quick run by New Orleans, and now the Kings are trailing, and trailing by, I think, six points. And it was starting to go down a road of, well, oh, this is going to be, this will be the first real bad loss of the season. Well, then the Kings did what they were supposed to do and really responded well, had a great run between the latter part of the third into the fourth. I think it was 14-0 total and just took over the game and really started to establish that they were the better team, holding the Pelicans to just 12 fourth-quarter points. Think about that. They held them to 12. Well, the Kings only scored 20. 20 is not a good closing quarter, but it's fine when you only hold the opponent to 12. And so the Kings got a win that we felt they should get. 
Pelicans were without Zion. Pelicans were without Brandon Ingram. But the bottom line is Sacramento won, 112-99. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's getting more and more comfortable. I love that he got to the foul line in the game. He was uh, eight trips there, seven of eight, one of his best nights in his career at the foul line. Uh, Always gets a ton of minutes, but Tyrese can score six points and have an impact. He had 20 and had an impact. Also assists, steals, blocks. He was everywhere. He was great, but it was the collective. It was seven players in double figures. That's really instrumental in how this team, I think, can keep going. And uh, De'Aaron Fox had a better efficient night. Uh, Really a good distributor, too. I thought De'Aaron just had an aggressive attacking style type game. And it fit. It all fit really, really well. So now we're going to talk a little bit about tonight's team. And we'll get more into the Hornets throughout the show. But uh, Charlotte's good. They're 5-4. and They've lost three of their last four, though. They got off to a 3-0 start. So this is a team that is trying to be a little bit more... Uh, substance than just style. Now, they got a lot of style. This is a team last year that kind of got on the map, got into the play-in opportunity, but they want to be a playoff team this year. And they've kept their group together for the most part and added on the fringes, but fringes that are helping this team. And so tonight, it looks like P.J. Washington, who had just a killer game here a year ago, is doubtful and likely out. Um, But the rest of the group is here. And it's led right now by LaMelo Ball, but it could be led by Gordon Hayward. Bridges is having a great year. Rozier has been a a proven scorer in this league. They look a little bit like the Kings, group that's come back, a group they believed in a year ago, and they're sticking them together, and they get up and down the floor. It was fun yesterday talking to Coach Walton. He's like, yeah, they get up and down the floor as good as anybody, but we're not going to slow down for them. Um, If we have our opportunities to run and get easy transition hoops, that's the best part of the Kings' offense. So I don't anticipate either team downshifting or slowing it down much, unless, of course, you're late in games and you got a, you got a larger lead. But I think this could be a fun, fun basketball game tonight. And I hope it's played at a high level with two good teams that are really trying to vault into that next tier and get more and more attention. I think Charlotte's getting the attention nationally as a, a must-watch team. Uh, Kings might just have to do it kind of the old-fashioned way and just start racking up wins for people to talk about them. But the Kings at 4-4, four and four, Charlotte at 5-4 and four is your matchup tonight. All right, let's go more First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. first. Well, you know the saying, careful what you wish for. I think when we heard the news earlier in the week about Aaron Rodgers going to be out because of COVID concerns, COVID protocols, and, um, you know, the immediate word was, wait a minute, didn't Aaron Rodgers tell us that he was – vaccinated and then we kind of found the audio audio comes back and he said well no i was immunized and you know there's more to that and we got uh aaron Rodgers talk today and boy did he talk he had a lot to say and we're going to dissect this a little bit later in the show as well because he said some interesting things to say the least let's start with one first uh, kind of on that point why he said he was immunized at the time my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth. And I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second, but uh, had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I marched to the beat of my own drum. 
I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one size fits all for everybody. Okay. Well, there's a lot of uh, buzzwords, code words in there. And, you know, in some of that, you can maybe agree, disagree, no matter what the point is. But for me, the league has set up some pretty strict rules. He did not have to be vaccinated. He doesn't. Uh, The NFL does not make it a mandate. It makes it really difficult for you not to. And because of that, he and being non-vaccinated, he is going to be out for a minimum of 10 days. So now it's to a point where... his own inner workings, whatever, as you heard, and we're going to let him explain more as this goes along, um, has cost his team to have him, his services, this weekend at a minimum. He's not going to be cleared to play until next Saturday, a week from tomorrow. And uh, there's a lot more that we're going to uh, dissect a little bit later, but let's even uh, Wait, go before little... you Before you go to the next one, Jason, yeah. the first thing he says was, I wasn't trying to deceive anyone or that. That's exactly what he did. Because the question was, have you been vaccinated? What's your status? He said, yeah, I'm immunized. Why would anyone take that as, oh, I need to ask further because he really didn't answer that. He literally says, yes, I've been immunized. Yeah, he chose that. And you can't, I mean, again, whether. Now, if he would say, if he were to say like, well, I have been immunized. I think he would, he might have. That opens the door. Yeah, that opens the door. But if you say, yes, I've been immunized. That you're saying, yes, I've been vaccinated. Yeah, and whether people wanted to answer or not whenever they got vaccinated or didn't, I think the common thing, even just for people listening around their friends, coworkers, if you did ask, like Chris, you and I might have gone, oh, did, you know, did you, I think people would go, did you get your shot? Like was kind of the phrasing I think a lot of people would say. If and you then, remember, Jason, you didn't ask me anything. I just came in and said, I got it. I finally got it. Yeah, and then I think uh, most people, and I'm not saying everybody has to do this way, I go, what did you get? Which, you know, because there were choices. At the time, Moderna, Pfizer, uh, Johnson and Johnson, and you know whether or not people want to answer that, but that's generally kind of the way it went. So I don't know if there, if he expected a follow up, going, uh, Aaron, which shot did you get? Um, but that's not necessarily the media's obligation. Now it's a question now you you kind of wish had been asked then, but you were more than comfortable. He was more than comfortable offering up the first part and just not willing to go. Now he's more than comfortable answering and. Um, let, let's get to the second comment because there's a lot more quotes we're going to have from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but th- this one just, we'll just let him explain. I, I would, you know, add this to the mix as an aside, but the great MLK said that you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that make no sense. <laughs> um, Interesting to quote MLK, one. Two, um, are, are these the same things? Is this what he was talking about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, and, and when you hear more of what we're going to play, Chris, you cut up a bunch of the stuff that he had. To, that was with Pat McAfee today, correct? Yeah, and I listened to the entire interview. And how long? Because, I mean, I've, I've seen a bunch of clips. I don't even know how long. the Was it 25 minutes It was so? 45 minutes, and wow. it was mostly Aaron Rodgers just venting. Yeah. And as he's talking, I'll say I'll say this. He made very valid points on the NFL and their COVID protocol. But as he's talking, 
he's doing this two-way thing of, so this is my point, and that's why I want to talk up. That's why I want to speak about this. Well, no, you're not speaking about it because you got caught. Oh, well, the media, they've been sitting on this for a while, and they just decided to do this because they want me canceled. Well, no. I, I, you're getting you're given a huge platform and you've been given a huge platform yeah. and you've decided that you want to follow the rules that you want to follow and you don't want to follow the rules that you don't want to follow. Right. It, it, it you know, it's similar in a sense to Kyrie Irving where I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Well, where were you before? And, and what are you doing now? How much is he doing out there? And yeah, there are certain people that, you know, share the same belief of Aaron Rodgers, but you are in an organization in a league that has certain requirements, and then when it's uh, broken, or in this case, you have a situation where your COVID tracing rules you out, um, you can't play. And it's for safety of yourself, for safety of others, and uh, it felt like Aaron Rodgers could have been saying all of this before any of these, you know, week two, week four, week six, when his other receivers last week were held out. He didn't speak up on this. But it's when he's going out is when he's speaking up. We're going to have more on that uh, coming up here, kind of a a thorough dive into all the stuff that he had to say. There is football this weekend, so let's get into more of that. uh, Or from yesterday, let's get into more of that with more First Things First. First Things First. All right, last night we actually had a pretty good football game with the Colts and the Jets. Wentz turns a hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big hole. There he goes. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jonathan Taylor. 78 yards to the house. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y-J-T. 41 to 10, and the onslaught continues. I had to work on my spelling there. I-N-D-Y-J-T. Okay, Indy, Jonathan Taylor. Yes, he had a big day. Wentz and the offense had a big day. They had a huge lead. Jets rallied back um, and ultimately fell short. Thought the Colts would win. They needed the win. They got the win, and it gets us started into a new week of NFL action with week nine. We're, we're cruising right along in this NFL season, but uh, Carson Wentz continues to uh, what they hope to be the guy that gets them over the top when they moved on from Phillip Rivers. Uh, but the Colts win it yesterday, 45-30. to 30. Some of the other numbers in the game. Uh, for Carson Wentz, he ended up 22 of 30. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's big for him, just under 300 yards. Taylor went nuts on those 19 carries for 172 and a couple of scores. The Jets... They got some quarterback issues because of Zach Wilson's injury. Mike White uh, was out of the game. And then longtime NFL veteran Josh Johnson uh, came in and really started to lead a charge there. He threw for 317 and three touchdowns uh, as the game went along and tried to bring them back. Uh, But the Colts get the win 45 to 30. Let's hear from Frank Reich on the game. This is a 42 to 10 game, and they scored 20 on you guys in the end. What's your level of concern with the pass defense? It wasn't good. Offensively, I think we need to make some first downs there at the end, too. Obviously, we need to get better. We need to get better. Pass defense needs to get better. We need to get better in all three phases in the fourth quarter. So the coach looking for more. And, again, I think it was important for them to win. Jets, for the loss, they go to 2-6. and six. This is the season they kind of, you know, they didn't want, but I think was expected. They're, they're at a personnel problem. they got to have a couple more good drafts and start building that way. For the Colts, they've had a good team. Uh, been a borderline, you know, decent playoff type team before. They need a little bit more. They are four and five right now. All right, let's get you more. First things first. First things first. Close things first. 
And we'll do a deeper dive into the NFL games this weekend coming up at four. But starting out here in first things first, Arizona 7-1, 49ers 3-4. We talked about it earlier in the week about the 49ers. The win that they had on Sunday when it just wasn't looking right, wasn't feeling right. They weren't playing well against the Bears. They couldn't shake Chicago. Chicago was leading in the second half. And then they started going and scoring possession after possession after possession. Good news, it looks like George Kittle will be cleared to play this week. That will help a lot. And, you know, the Niners played Arizona, I thought, very well in the first matchup. Arizona was undefeated at the time. It was in Arizona, and Trey Lance was the quarterback. And you could tell the full complement of the offense wasn't um, really on display for Kyle Shanahan. He was just trying to get as effective of an offense as he could and keep it simple, really, for uh, Trey Lance in that situation. But with Jimmy G there, offense should be able to function as high, highly as it could. And with Debo Samuel season he's having, um, also with Kittle back in the mix, and then, you know, they don't be afraid to run Elijah Mitchell. This guy has just been such a good find for them. He's been a critical player, and I think he has to have a big week like he's had. He They, they don't mess around with anybody else. He is their primary running back, and he can get it done. If he can have a 100-yard day, that's going to help them a lot in this opportunity back at home with the two weeks we said. If they could just beat the Bears, it stopped the bleeding. That's what they've done. And then the upcoming weeks, it's the Cardinals – and the Rams. I'm not saying they have to win both. If they did, that'd be fantastic. But you got to get one, I think. And it just keeps you in that top seven race. It opens up a little bit after that with the Jags. Uh, you still have the Vikings. I know the Niners still play the Falcons and the Texans. So there's some wins down the road. But because of what they had done with that poor stretch, now you're going to have to win games maybe that on paper or even where they are in the season – don't look like they will be wins. This weekend could be one of them, right? The Rams, or excuse me, the Cardinals at 7-1. The Rams next week, another one-loss team. These are two very difficult weeks, but it will do the Niners a, a great deal of good if they can get one of them. And if somehow both, then I think they're right back on the track that they had hoped to be on. All right, let's get you more. First things first. First things first. First things first. Traveling cross-country, a West Coast team going to the East or West team going to the east not the coast anymore i guess for the raiders in las vegas but point is they're still traveling losing time zones and playing early sunday morning Uh, it'll be one o'clock there ten o'clock here game on khdk sunday morning giants and raiders i do not know how good this raider team is but what they've done a good job of this season is competing every week and for the most part what looks like on paper winning the games that you think they could win so I, I would say the one week that led to a lot of the change at the top, not because of the way he coached, but it was the week that uh, the emails came out regarding John Gruden. The team was awful, absolutely awful. They lost 20-9 to to the Bears. But since then, a win over the Broncos, a win over the Eagles, the bye week, and now an opportunity to just keep it rolling because the Giants are a beatable team. This has not been a very good organization for the last four to five years. They lose a ton of games. Uh, The Giants right now, I think it's the fourth straight year, if I'm not mistaken, through eight games, they're two and six. And I'd seen a stat before the season started. I think over the last five years, the worst record in in the NFL is the Giants. And that's a little bit surprising to me. There's teams that come in with one win, two wins. Giants always win about four or five, but that's all. They're consistently in that range. And for the Raiders, they can't let this be the week that the Giants figure it out. It's a short week. 
That's the disadvantage for the Giants. Raiders traveling across country, uh, cross country is difficult. And then certainly everything that's gone on this week with Henry Ruggs, just the emotional pull on the players and the coaching staff just trying to lock in on football and their own family and their own loved ones. Um, just that's, that's a really difficult situation to go through. Um, it brought them together, I would say, during the John Gruden situation, and they've played pretty good football. But now you're asking them to do the same thing again, which they're capable of. But I think if they play their way, their style, get a balance of run and pass game and just enough defense, uh, limit mistakes, this should be a good weekend for the Raiders in New York against the Giants. All right, more First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. First. All right, this one is uh, no surprise. We were saying yesterday, just just make it happen already. Well, the divorce is officially official. Uh, After days of negotiations, the Browns and Odell Beckham Jr., they're done. They've parted ways. They've reached a settlement uh, that's going to put him on waivers. That'll start on Monday. After that point, he can be claimed the following day at 4 o'clock, Tuesday. Odell Beckham will be available for teams out there. So once they got to the point where they were dismissing him from practice for one day and then a second day, it was time. Just it, There was not going to be a scenario where he was returning to Cleveland. Why it didn't work there, you know, the inner workings, who knows exactly. Uh, Beckham can be a bit of a diva. I don't know that the offense completely fits him perfectly. But, you know, every player doesn't get the perfect situation. So I think teams that are going to be interested in him will like this because they're not paying the boatload of his contract. Um, I don't know the inner workings of the uh, contract negotiations on if there was a buyout there. I think the Browns, let me look up some notes here, agreed to remove the final two years of Odell Beckham's deal, meaning he is now scheduled to be a free agent. So um, it's a much better situation for a team maybe to sign him for the rest of this year. You're not commuting a huge, uh, committing to a huge financial burden. Um, he hasn't had this great season to support that. He's still going off a name of some great highlight reel one-handed catches in New York. He hasn't been the top five receiver for a couple of years. So kind of, you know, for the team that's going to look at him, do this on your own risk. I think it has to be a team that is secure in their roster, secure in their leadership, and has a really good setup for him. The example we gave yesterday, Antonio Brown, um, really seemed unstable once he the Raiders cut him loose, the Patriots. He had a couple more off-field issues going. He gets to Tampa. It's kind of chilled. He's been around Brady in that organization. They won a Super Bowl, and as of now, we're not hearing much from Antonio Brown just going out and doing his job. Um, Odell Beckham needs to go out and just do his job. I don't know how much. I, he's got more time to play, but between injuries and maybe a drop-off a little bit in talent or not being in the right setup, he's not that top-five guy anymore. And I think it's harder to come back and become that, but he still can be uh, someone that can assist a team and make them better. So I would say do it at your own risk. I think it's got to be the right setup. Um, And there will be teams interested. And what we always say is it just takes one. He doesn't have to have every team in the league want him. Um, He just needs one. And I think the better spot now is, you know, they're nine games into the season. He's not going to play for anybody this week. So you're trying to add a midpoint of the season. Um, You know, we've already seen some teams – like the Chiefs, you know, they've added during this year. Um, other teams that feel like there should be more to their roster, I could see doing it. I just don't see one of the teams that's all, you know having a terrible season looking to add him. So we'll see what happens. Again, he is uh, released, cut loose, worked out a deal. He'll be a free agent. He'll clear waivers. And a Tuesday, 
We'll see if there's news regarding Odell Beckham and a new team. All right, let's get one more thing here on First Things First. First Things First. Well, as we said later in the show, we're going to talk with Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee, but high school playoffs begin tonight in football. And we've got a really good region for high school football. There's great, you know, there's a great lineage of coaches that have been in this area that have gone on to just do great things for schools and moved on to other jobs or even stayed at schools for a long, long time. Uh, great high school players that have gone on to be good college players at whatever level or even on to the pros. Uh, Sacramento's got a really good football region, and tonight the playoffs get started. And what a journey it is for for the coaches, for the fan bases, certainly for the players. That is the best. That's what you wait for. You hope you make it, and then can you have the run? Can you have a postseason run like we've seen in in other times where there might be teams ranked one or two or get a bye this week that are favored to go far, but you want to be playing your best at this time of year. Maybe you get a few guys back or guys were injured or a team clicks. You know, maybe all the things coaches were passing along now are, are finally sinking in. Teams can can develop and, and grow at the, at the ideal time. And this is it, high school playoffs. It's a fun time of year. And uh, we look forward to checking in with Joe Davidson when he joins us uh, at 5 o'clock. Also, as we go to break, one of the note that's come out looks like Dusty Baker will return as manager of the Houston Astros. He has agreed officially to a one-year deal and uh, has been in Houston a couple of years, led them to the playoffs both seasons. And, of course, they just lost in the World Series. And Atlanta, right, they're a team that peaked at the right time. That was not a great baseball team during the regular season, but uh, they made the right additions to that outfield and to the bullpen. And there you go. At the end, they're now World Series champions. All right. So we've set the table here with first things first. As we mentioned, we'll have a preview of Charlotte with Sam Farber, the radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. He will join us at 445. At 5 o'clock, Joe Davidson will join us to talk not only about um, you know, UC Davis, Sacramento State, but certainly the high school playoffs as well. When we come back, more on tonight's game. It's the Kings and the Charlotte Hornets. We'll lock in on that when we return right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We're at Golden One Center where tonight it is the Kings and the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, as we mentioned, 5-4. and four. Kings 4-4 four and four after their most recent win. A little bit later in the show, coming up at 4.45, Sam Farber, radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets, will join us and get us some tidbits on what we can expect from this team. And it's a team that, if we do a little deeper dive into what Charlotte has uh, done this season, um, we mentioned the 5-4 and four record, started 3-0, and oh, uh, but this team can move it. They want to play with pace. They want to get up and down the floor. They want to score. They're number one in the league in scoring, even after having the game the other night where they lost to the Warriors and held under 100 points. Uh, the Kings, by the way, held their first opponent under 100 when they did that to New Orleans the other night. But here's some things to, to consider when you're, you're talking about this matchup between the Hornets and the Kings. Um, it's an eight-day trip, five games, first four against had the Warriors, the Kings, the Clippers, the Lakers is part of this trip that Charlotte's on. Um, another thing to watch for this game, we've mentioned in every Kings game, in all eight, at some point in the fourth quarter, the Kings have been ahead. 
Here's an oddity, I think, of a statistic right now for Charlotte. In every single game this year, they've been down at least eight points. It would have been double figures except for the one win they had in Portland. They were only down eight. But they've been down in every game at some point by eight points or more. And that shows you that they are a team that's going to score in bunches and give up bunches. They give up points. I think the Kings are going to be able to do something there. And this is the rarity of a night, I would say. Uh, The difference might be, are the Kings the better defensive team? And we don't say that a lot about Sacramento. They've improved there, not substantially, but a little bit. It's better. Uh, Their stretches where it's good. I thought the other night there were three or four situations where they forced New Orleans either into about as deep in the shot clock as you can go or a shot clock violation. So they had some really good defensive, aggressive, on-ball pressure that resulted in New Orleans getting uncomfortable. They did it in Dallas, too. Um, They've done it not – it's hard to do the entire game, but they can do it in stretches. And when they've done it in stretches, it's been really good, and especially here at home. You start to make plays like that that leads to runouts and leads to high-flying dunks and athletic finishes. That gets this building going. People love to see defense, energy, effort. It's fun to see shots go. And threes, you know, if Buddy has one of those nights where he's hitting eight or nine threes, this place goes crazy. But also if you can get it just done on effort and energy and intense defense or a shot block. Alex Len, when he was working one-on-one with Valanchunas the other night, and Valanchunas is trying to go bully ball and back him down and work him into the paint, turns, fires, and rejected. Ah, oh, it's just great. It's a, it's a guy thinking he's getting to his spot, he's owning you, and then you just reject and deny. And, and all the work that he had to do, you, you send it back the other way. So watch for the runs in this game. That's what Charlotte is capable of with that high-powered offense. Also, they hit threes. This is a team that has hit 10 three-pointers or more in every game. So defending the arc will be very important tonight because, you know, the three can change the game, and that's, I think, the case in point why those two fall together. If they're down double figures in every game or eight or more in every game, A couple of threes just turns it, completely changes it around. So the Kings have to be aware of defending the three-point line, of seeing if they can turn Charlotte over, and not, you know, Kings aren't going to slow this down. They don't want to take the air out of the basketball and make this a half-court game. That doesn't fit in the Kings' strength. But can they actually defend Charlotte better than Charlotte defends the Kings? That will be one of the things to watch tonight. And if you look at it, Charlotte actually, even in their last couple of years, they haven't been a great team. They started that little climb last year. They defeated the Kings five consecutive times. Uh, last year, man, the two losses the Kings had were brutal to Charlotte. I mean, brutal. They uh, had a nice lead. The Kings did in Charlotte, lost that one. And the one here was as painful a loss as they had last year. Um, if I have it right, the Kings in that game – were up, yeah, up eight in the final minute and lost by one. Kings missed a bunch of free throws in the final minute of that game as well. And in the game in Charlotte, Kings had a 15-point lead in the second half and lost that one by six. So the explosiveness was on display last year with Charlotte. I think the difference in this year's Kings team, they're better defensively. I'd like to see it more consistently, but... They just don't have the long lapses of defensive, uh, you know, like 45-point quarters that they gave up far too often last year. They're giving up some 30-point quarters, even high 30s. But if you can minimize that or close the game like they did the other night with a 12-point quarter that they allowed to New Orleans, 
that'll be very important in, in this team's growth as they continue to get better. Now, as far as Charlotte goes, why they're better to me, not only are their record, but it's a little bit of the similarity to Sacramento. They didn't make the playoffs last year, Charlotte. They made the play-in game. But they kept. They felt like they had something going. And they kept Ball, who, you know, they're not going to do anything with a rookie year. He's, he's going to be a big piece of the foundation. Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Bridges, P.J. Washington. Like, they kept that group, a lot of group, a lot of that group. And what have they added on the edges there to make them better, to give them more depth, much like the Kings of Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. You know, veterans bringing into a group that had been here, they add Mason Plumley. Now, they start him. But he's been around. He's played on a lot of teams. He makes people better. He makes teams better. Kelly Oubre, still a very young player. I think he's 24, 25. Feels like he's been around a long time. He's been on a lot of teams. But he's a really talented wing that's just an ideal size, good athlete, can do a lot of different things. And then a guy I've always liked in this league, has been on just about every team seemingly, Ish Smith, who is as fast as really De'Aaron. I mean, what – I, there's going to be some fun moments tonight when Ishmith comes off the bench and pushes the basketball. He goes. He really goes with the basketball. So those are things to watch. And, and if you think about it, if you go back to what Charlotte did with the draft, I actually was in, intrigued by their uh, signing of Kai Jones and who was it? Booknight, James Booknight. And those guys don't play, or rarely. They, they've built this on that other group of continuity. That's been my, my key word with this Kings team. And that's what Charlotte has done, too. A lot of the same players back, same coaches back. They got off to a good start, and I think a lot of that is everybody's familiar with it. While other teams have juggled around and moved pieces around and may get better as the year goes along, I think the teams that have stuck together, Utah, the team I've been so high on this year, last night plays without uh, Donovan Mitchell, and they win in Atlanta because Ingles slides into the starting lineup. The rest of the group is very familiar. And Clarkson ends up having a slow start but a big finish. They've played together. They've played without Mitchell before. They've played without Conley before. They've been able to handle those situations. So I think there's something to be said about trusting in what you have and building from it and growing. And I think we're seeing it with the Kings, and we're certainly seeing it with tonight's opponent, the Charlotte Hornets. All right, we'll have more on the Kings game coming up. But when we come back, we hit it on uh, first things first. Aaron Rodgers will not be playing this weekend because of COVID. And uh, he had told us he was immunized. Factually, he said that, but he's going to explain that and others uh, from a lengthy interview that he was on earlier today with Pat McAfee. But there's a lot of stuff to pick apart. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHTK. I am a bad man, Pajama. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Good work, Chris. Mm. Okay, now I'm turning it down. Okay, sorry. Too far. There was a line, and it went too far. Here we are. Back on the show. Jason Ross here with you. We go till uh, 530 today. Then it's game night. I'll be in for Scott Marsh on that. He is uh, traveling with UC Davis football. They're at Northern Arizona tomorrow. Game that you'll be able to check out right here on KHDK. Boy, I hope uh, UC Davis keeps going and Sac State keeps going the way they are. Could set up for one of the greatest Causeway Classics ever in a couple of weeks. But uh, still got more games to go to get there. But again, that'll be game night coming your way at 530. And as we mentioned, uh, more on Charlotte, the Hornets with uh, Sam Farber. Their radio voice will join us at 445. And Joe Davidson 
great reporter for the Sacramento Bee. Good guy. We love uh, talking to Joe. He's going to join us at 5 o'clock. All right, Chris, you had a chance earlier today to listen to the entirety of Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a lot of clips that get posted. You cut up some that uh, kind of resonate more that you thought would be important for the show. But let's just kind of start with your general view. You kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. You said Rodgers does make some good points, but he also takes us on a journey. We go a little bit all over the place in this interview, don't we? Yeah, he explains why he didn't get vaccinated, and the first reason was because he's allergic to something in the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, which is like, okay, well, you shouldn't take that then. And they tell you, if you're allergic to this, don't take it. So, okay. And then the other one was a Johnson & Johnson, which he said that he didn't take because of the problems that they had with it early. They did have problems with it early, but then it seems to have not been that big a deal, and millions of people have taken it. So that's the reason. But once again, you do not have to get vaccinated to play in the NFL. You have to follow their protocols that they say for not taking the vaccine. And that's where a lot of his problem seems to be with the vaccine and with the NFL. Yeah, and let's kind of start there then. One of the comments is first, amongst many that we have here, but first, uh, Rogers addressing that kind of the protocols in the NFL. And I think that people have said I'd wear a mask during the preseason. Um, but I don't, I mean, some of the rules to me are not based in science at all. They're based purely in trying to, out and shame people like needing to wear a mask uh, at a podium when every person in the room is vaccinated and wearing a mask makes no sense to me if you got vaccinated to you know to protect yourself from a virus that i don't have as an unvaccinated individual then why are you worried about anything that i can give you you know, what's interesting, uh, you and I were talking before the show, Chris, about, uh, you know, a lot of heat kind of went early on to someone like Kirk Cousins, uh, also chose not to be vaccinated. But by all accounts, he's followed the protocols that have to be in place for someone that is unvaccinated. And we're not really hearing about Kirk Cousins right now. No, he's following the rules. Also, you shouldn't be vaccinated if it's something that could, if your doctor says, hey, with your health, Maybe this isn't the best idea for you. So it's okay, but you do need to follow these protocols to keep yourself and others safe from this. And I don't think people take that into consideration a lot. They don't consider that it's not keeping just yourself safe. It's keeping others safe. Yeah, I think that's been a big, big, big point in a lot of this. All right, another comment here from Rogers uh, about the media kind of taking shots at him. For the media out there taking shots at me, like you don't know my story, now you do. So quit lying about me. And personal health decisions, in my opinion, should be private. And they shouldn't have to be, like, gone through the ringer and over-scrutinized by, you know, people who are just pushing their own type of propaganda on the people and and ideals. You want to have a conversation about it? I'm more than willing to have a conversation about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some merit in that, too. But I don't don't know that the media, in some sense, are out to get them. There's some media that are. But... um, I think it's probably more in the way it's handled than decisions that are being made. Yeah, he says he wants to have a conversation. No, he didn't. This is the time he is, and he's yeah. having it uh, with a friend of his who's got a big platform and a, and a show, but he's not really doing this. With, he hasn't done this yet with the media. And that's another thing. Uh, everyone has heard the clips about him think, talking about woke culture and cancel yeah. culture and all this. You're not canceled. You're on. You're being listened to by millions of people listening to 45 minutes of everything you want to say 
what are you talking about? Yeah, and you're going to play in a week. Yeah. You're missing one week. You're going to play again. You didn't, you know, that's not the impact for him. Um, it, it goes more. There's more from him. Um, this one got a lot of attention uh, because someone he's, you know, he, when people say, I, I, what did he say earlier? I'm a free thinker. I do my own due diligence. Uh, well, he talked a lot about getting advice from his own medical team, which I yeah. think is something, yeah, you should. If you're able to talk to medical professionals, you should get advice on what's best for your body. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Well, here's one person that he's uh, listening to. I made a choice that was in my best interest. You might respect it. You might hate it. But I bet you the same people that hate it are the same people that are really going to hate the fact that I'm 40 hour, 48 hours in and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID. And I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me. And I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that the people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. Okay. Um, that one, I would say I'd like to hear more evidence, more science, more time. I mean, a lot of this, Chris, uh, why there's been so many things that have varied. Hey, we uh, can't touch countertops to we have to wear masks. Don't wear masks. That's not important. Close, not close. Like all the things that have changed, you need to be vaccinated, not vaccinated. It, it's never this has never happened before. Like we need to, how will we know about some of this stuff in six months, in 12 months, in a year, in 10 years? You need the time to get the best, most accurate information. But the people that are behind it feel like they've done their best part to educate us as best as they possibly can. One thing he talks about, he talked about earlier, was one of the reasons why he didn't want to get a vaccine was because there wasn't any idea about sterilization and fertility and if that could affect Mm. that. Well, there have been studies on COVID, and it has made people sterile, and it has made people impotent you actually have studies that says that's what happens when you get this disease so i mean i don't know yeah well okay let's go more we've got more from him um so what's he doing he he said he's kind of following this regimen 48 hours in what's he been taking um and i'm thankful for all the love and support i've gotten but i've been taking monoclonal antibodies ivermectin zinc vitamin c and dhcq and I feel pretty incredible. Okay. The other part, too, I mean, some of this, and it's not foolproof, I don't know, you know, there's, again, back to the study. Sometimes it's blood type. Sometimes it's your own physical health, pre-existing conditions. I got to believe Aaron Rodgers is coming into this as a, about as healthy of an individual as, as you can have. Here's one major problem I have with that, is he said that he's taking ivermectin. Ivermectin, and then, like, people are going to say, like, oh, it's it's the horse paste and stuff right. like that, which is, yes, it is in that, but that's kind of, that's not what people are taking. But what it is taken for is for parasites. This infection, this virus isn't a parasite. The FDA has come out and says this does not help you. This will not help you. If you take it wrongly, you can become sick from taking this so please do not take this and he is pushing it out there like i'm taking this maybe that's something you should too no you shouldn't we've Mm. been told time and time and time again do not take this this is for parasites this is not for this virus 
Yeah, and he's such a person of influence, too. That's the, you know, a person like that on this big platform. Uh, here's more from Rogers, um, how he, you know, wants to continue to this conversation going. Yeah, let me just finish with this. Okay. I thought what you said is really, is really powerful, and I, and I hope people can hear that. The situation that I'm in should be a conversation, not a controversy. I've made a decision based on what's best for my body. I've just laid it out to you, my health history, and why I made this decision, okay? This shouldn't be a controversy. It should be a conversation. I'm here to continue the conversation. Okay, and that's that's what we'll see as time goes on. Will he? Is this going to end? I, I could picture a time soon him going, I don't want to talk about that anymore when he, he's back and playing. He's the one that made it a controversy. There right. have been several – there have been players that aren't vaccinated that have caught COVID during the season, and it hasn't been a huge controversy. The reason why this became a controversy is because he was misleading about his vaccination status. We found out about it, and then he got really upset that we found out about it and that we were mad at him for that. Well, he's going to counter you on that, Chris, because he maintains in this whole situation he's not being selfish. To label what they've labeled it selfish, deceptive, there was nothing deceptive about it. Like, you know me, I, the things I say are very pointed. There have been, if there have been follow-up questions, I would have answered them honestly as well. My team, everybody in the organization knew exactly what my status was from day one. And the decision I made was purely a decision that was in the best interest of my body. Well, again, back to your conversation, wouldn't uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, you want to tell everybody what you're doing, put out all the information, not, hey, if there were follow-up, conver- follow-up questions, I would have answered them. Uh, it just feels like inside that, it feels like there's some misleading nature to that, to, just to me listening to that. It was very, I actually have that audio from the original question where this all started from, where we all thought he was vaccinated. And he's right now, he's being misleading about him being misleading back in <laughs> August when they were talking about this. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Um, there's guys who have been vaccinated that contracted COVID. Um, so it's, it's an interesting issue that I think we're going to see played out the entire season. And that was what, August? I think it was as in the preseason. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to judge those guys making it sound like, again, that makes it like I am. They're not. Yeah. Um, he said, are you vaccinated? Yeah. I'm immunized. Right. And don't I don't feel I don't want to talk about those guys that aren't vaccinated. Right. Because there are some that aren't some of that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, interesting. I mean, that was the original question and answer on the vaccination. I, you know, again, at the end, there is like you said at the beginning, Chris, there are some shreds in there, not even shreds. There's some parts that I do agree with, too. I mean, I, I think there's the more we can have our own control of some of our things. But we're also in a, in a unique time. Uh, the league. Uh, the oddity, and we've talked about this with the NBA, for example, everybody that's working here on the game, at the game, um, close to the players, has to, has to be vaccinated. Players don't. And that's where the, you know, a players union and a players representation kind of um, allows that or saves that because they're going to look out for the best interest of the players. 
Um, that's that's been a I, I know a, a talking point at times for older assistant coaches or even any coaches that maybe are coming home to a family member that is immune compromised, but yet the players get different treatment. Rogers does not have to be. He can do all the things that he's doing. It, it's all factual. He can. But it's interesting that he's kind of turning it and, and almost placing blame everywhere else. Um, and I'm not even trying to blame him. Just now he's going to have to, um, I don't know, pay the price is the right term. He's going to miss the game and be back in a week, but has to go through this. And it just feels like he's trying to do a redirect on, on the whole situation. Yeah, if all of this came out before he contracted COVID, it's a different story. Right, right. And like I said, I thought the other time this really could have launched was just a week ago. A week ago last night, they were playing the Thursday night game against the Cardinals, high-profile game, undefeated team against the Packers, one loss, and the Packers were playing without their three best receivers because of COVID. Like, that's a post-game press conference, maybe that, boom, hey, what a win, I'm so glad we won. Um, Here's my thoughts on my guys that are out, and here's how I am dealing with COVID. This is what I believe, but instead it it took until – he he contracted it and was talked about it and kind of looked at it. And as he said, being judged is when all this stuff came out. So interesting, interesting today. You can you can go and take the time if you like to watch the full interview. Those are a lot of the good uh, meaty quotes that we had from uh, his, what, 45-minute session with, with Pat McAfee. All right, first hour's complete. There is football this weekend. We're going to get into that in the next hour. Also more on the Kings and uh, tonight in the NBA, a preview of tonight's game with Sam Farber, the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, all coming up in our next hour. But we'll come back and talk about the big games this weekend, including the Raiders in a huge one in New York and the the 49ers, an opportunity to really make a statement and get back in the race uh, if they can beat the Cardinals this weekend. We'll talk about the NFL this weekend. That is next here on Sports 1140 KHDK.